Welcome to Tech Force Africa, where we look at the important issues that are affecting technology businesses in Africa. Now, innovation is key to Africa's future, and the future of innovation is digital. Research firm IDC actually predicts that growth in the digital economy will outpace um, non-digital non GDP by a factor of four. But this lightning-fast change uh, comes with new demands on the workforce, and Africa's workforce must develop uh, some of those critical skills to support uh, that particular transformation. This week, we're excited to chat uh, with Temba Chakela, who is uh, from Blue Sky, a cloud technology agency with a unique approach to developing talent. And then we're also joined by Ursula Fia, who is a talent activist and leader in South Africa. They're going to be talking to us about what skills will be needed in the next five years, how we can use uh, this particular moment to make up ground, um, you know, when it comes to diversity and how businesses can rapidly upskill their workforces to meet uh, some of these opportunities at the moment. Now, as Chief uh, People Officer over at uh, Blue Sky, uh, Temba oversees an academy that actually takes uh, talent from zero to fully-fledged cloud consultant in 180 days. Uh, that's uh, six months, and he's been uh, he's actually seen both uh, traditional and unconventional students thriving, um, you know, with this particular model, and has advice on the balance um, of STEM and soft skills needed uh, for a new era, and which unique skills today South Africa's uh, South African youth actually bring to the table. Ursula has actually seen it all from her time as a human capital partner for Deloitte, and later overseeing uh, technical training colleges, project management, uh, disability, and ICT training uh, units for AdCorp Group, and now as a talent program manager over at Salesforce. She also played a significant role in creating uh, the tech NGO, which recruits uh, the brightest talent into teaching to build South Africa's future. Welcome, Ursula. Welcome, Timber. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Now, we're going to have uh, quite a great discussion, you know, around this issue of talent, uh, what the future of the workforce looks like and what the skills of the future look like. But before we get uh, the ball rolling, you know, on that particular discussion, we actually start off all our shows with, the, with a little bit of an icebreaker just to get the blood flowing. We're going to start, uh, you know, with the lady in the room, late or in advance? In advance. Late or in advance? In advance. Okay, cool. Uh, city or countryside? City. Countryside. All right. Learning or sharing? Both. Both. Okay. We'll accept, we'll accept that answer. <laughs> sharing. Sharing. Okay. Twitter or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. 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 Okay. Um, open space or office? Open space. Open space. Okay. Uh, and then mail or phone? Phone. Okay. Phone. Phone. Okay. It looks like we have alignment on at least five, you know, out of six of these points. So I think we're definitely going to be having, uh, you know, a really great uh, discussion for today, uh, looking at what's actually going on in this uh, knowledge economy. To get things rolling, uh, this one is, uh, you know, the two of you. We're starting off, we want to start off talking about who will be affected. Right, right now, some people probably think they're okay, uh, but things are always changing. Uh, so, do you think that uh, 
you know, the, the people in the knowledge economy are the only ones that need to upskill? Are they the only ones? Or do you see that, uh, you know, the impact of transformation is something that's going to affect us all across the board? Uh, Ursula, I'm going to start with you. Here's the thing. Yeah. Every single one of us is affected. And every single one of us is going to be affected every single day going forward. So there's nobody that's excluded from this journey. And therefore, the, the need for us to, to get everybody on board and everybody rowing in the same direction mm. becomes more and more of a, um, an imperative every single day. Mm. And we have a lot of work to do in that space mm. in Africa. Timber, uh, she says we're not, we're all not safe. You know, your take on that one? So, so if, if we're not safe, right, then yeah. I, I guess the mandate is to make sure that we're all comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we need to stop seeing digital transformation and technology as this abstract thing that's a little bit separate, um, separate to us. And yeah. the sooner we can get more people feeling that way, um, the better off we'll mm -hmm. be. I mean, the technology is only going to go one way. Um, and it's our responsibility to make sure that as few people are left behind as possible. I think it's quite clear, you know, just as a baseline of where we're beginning today's discussion from what both of you are saying to say that, um, you know, the, the skills issue is something that's affecting everyone. Looking, you know, gazing into the crystal ball, looking five years into the future, what type of skills gaps do you sort of see today as we sort of, you know, look ahead. Uh, Temba, I'm going to start with you yeah. on this one, uh, since you are, you know, in, uh, helping with, the, with those pipelines. What are you seeing right now? So, so I think a big thing is, is, is access. Um, you know, the earlier you get to play with or get your hands on, on technology or the concepts around, around technology, um, the, the, the better. I mean, in 1995, I was at university and I was doing first year with somebody who was seeing a traffic light for the first time in Cape Town. And this, they were 18, right? And the same sort of legacy continues now, right? If you haven't seen a smartphone or a digital device mm -hmm. until, you, until you come of age, um, you're mm -hmm. chasing tenure, people that have been working with these things yeah. for seven, eight years already. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the, that's the big challenge. So, so access is, is key yeah. um, because that's, that's the ticket to the game. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you know, dip your toes in the pool until you can get to a pool. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing for, I mean, that's how I mm. see it from a digital transformation perspective. Ursula? We've moved into a space where learning is no longer an event. Yeah. And we have to get comfortable with a completely new relationship with mm. learning. And that is learning and the flow of work. So when we look at what skills are required in the future, we're probably seeing a shelf life of technical skills of about 18 months. If we look at some of the research from the World Economic Forum, I think, you know, between 40 plus up percent of organizations will have to, you know, get very orientated with this changing organization, changing job architecture, changing mm -hmm. the way we do business. I mean, Salesforce is a perfect, you know, um, example of that. And um, I think if we had to choose what is the most important thing we need to have available to us from a skill perspective in the next five years yeah. is what we call learning agility mm. and that ability to learn. I like that, learning agility. So yeah. if you had to choose over critical thinking skills and all of the incredible competencies behaviorally, technically that we see, mm. if we do not get comfortable with learning, 
and making friends with this thing called learning agility, we will be left behind. Yeah. That's even if we are in the front seat at the moment. If we don't keep going with this, mm. we are going to be left behind. And I think if you just look at Salesforce as a pointing case, Salesforce has three releases a year. That means every four months, it's upgraded. Yeah. There is nothing static about Salesforce. Mm. And there's nothing static about technical or digital skills. Yeah. And hence this new orientation and this new relationship with how we learn and what we have to do in the flow of work and yeah. how we have to you know, find our passion and make, make learning a different fun thing. Mm. I think that becomes really important. Let's put the learning agility to the test for a moment. We're still gazing into our crystal ball. It's five years from now. Uh, what type of uh, skills gaps do you think emerge you know, five years from now? And you've already started identifying some of the issues being faced today, but how do businesses better than plan you know, to fill some of those gaps um, continually so that in five years' time, you know, they are in the right place? You know, we live, um, we live in what they call a VUCA world, which is volatile, um, uncertain, complex, ambigu ambiguity. Um, I almost refer to it as just trying to work our way in the dark, mm. okay? So when we see shelf life of skills, you know, sort of um, lessening and, you know, the time that you need to know what you need to know um, is being shortened, you know, behavioral skills, two to three years, depending. Um, we have to we have to start to most very importantly, obviously, cloud technology um, is is really important. If we just look at what's going on from a Salesforce point of view, we're implementing our first health cloud at the moment in South Africa. We have not one health cloud skill in the country. Okay, so if we start to see how Salesforce is is implicating and transforming industries, you know, we can start with the industries and look at the different sectors, business. I mean, financial institutions um, and, and obviously insurance, they've, you know, have led the way. But we're now starting to see, obviously, a lot of these industries now starting to follow suit. But it's the behavioral skills, which we actually see are becoming far more important than the technical skills. Yeah. So how do we deal with the darkness or this unknown in our different organizations? Yeah. How do you function in the absence of a of a job spec, although we do have them in our contracts, okay? The reality is we do many, many different things on a day-to-day -day basis, and that will even change in the next couple of weeks. So, so being able to be comfortable with this constant change, yeah. being able to have this learning agility and this new relationship with learning and the flow of work, yeah. and, and also being able to, to match those skills that we need with a little bit of passion. So what we're also seeing with futurists is that Passion is actually also becoming quite an important, almost like a little bit of a, um, an element to problem solving. Because if you're not passionate about something, we have no desire in the unknown to solve the problem. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of those things that we need to consider. But um, behavioral skills, as in your communication, um, obviously the different uh, business skills, communication, problem solving, project management, business analysis skills, etc. All of those kind of things are really, really important um, in terms of what we are needing going forward. So it's, it's not about what we need in the next five years. It's this thing is changing all the time. So let's rather get comfortable with this continuous change now because five years, anything can happen in five yeah. years. Yeah. And it's true, anything can happen, you know, in the next five years. And Timber, I wanted yeah. to get your sense, 
right? Because Ursula is talking quite a bit about the type of think, thinking that's adaptable, that's agile, you know, a way of thinking rather mm. than, you know, just some book, uh, some book knowledge. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier on is, you know, looking beyond uh, just your, your typical STEM yeah. and looking towards uh, power skills. What and how do you define, you know, these power skills? Yeah, and, and, and again, touching on, you know, following on from, from Ursula's line of thought around walking around in the dark, right? Mm. Um, you, you have to pick up some behaviors and become comfortable with, with some counterintuitive things. Mm. The best thing to do when you're lost in the dark is actually to close your eyes and awaken your other senses, right? Your, your hearing, your smell, your taste. And I think that that's what this world is forcing us to do. It's, 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 it's going, you have this traditional skill set that might be slightly out of whack with what's coming. Yeah. So you take STEM, right? Um, science, technology, um, you know, and, and maths. Make it STEAM. Add art in there. Mm. Because the, 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 the emotive component, right? And one of the key power skills that, 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 that I saw listed um, about two days ago in a Harvard Business Review article. Yeah was joy. Is that a skill? It's a power <laughs> skill. And, and, and not, not, not only is it not being called a soft skill, it's being yeah. called a power skill. Mm. Because if something brings you happiness, yeah. you are more likely to do that thing more often. Mm. Right? And we, we've seen it. You know, I, I, I have friends that go to gym. I clearly don't. <laughs> they get a certain sense of joy. And it's probably a chemical dopamine reaction. But yeah. they get satisfaction from it. And we need to start getting comfortable with those things that classically would have made us uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, watching the way watching the way my kids learn. Um, you know, sit down and do your homework between seven and nine. I've failed at that for the last five years. Mm. Guys, focus on the outcome, and we will go catch a movie on Saturday. Yeah. All homework done during the week without me checking in <laughs> on them, but I have to wake up on Saturday to go watch a movie. Yeah. So if we take that into into the academy context. We're no longer just testing for technical upside. We, 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 we're looking for grit. We're looking for resilience. Mm -hmm. And then history becomes important. Well, what are the leading indicators for the fact that when Ntabi Singh is not successful on her first attempt, on her first cert, that she'll bounce back? Mm -hmm. What happens to Jabu, who gets it right the first time and is really proud of his cert, and then at midnight on the day that he's written the cert, he has to go do a maintenance update mm. and write again. Because mm. right? he was great yesterday. Mm. The next day, whilst he was sleeping, he was behind. Yeah. How does he wake up that morning and go, okay, let me go back at it? Yeah. Um, and, and, and those are the kind of things that, that we need to start looking at. So I think technical aptitude is almost being, being assumed, and I think it will be subsumed in the next five years. The things that set people apart are those, are those power skills. And Ursula has touched on them. Communication, mindfulness, yeah. grit, curiosity, constant curiosity, mm. um, and being able to then flex that in the in the workspace um, to create a community of, of people that I mean I don't, I don't even think we'll call people workers or employees in the next ten years. Yeah. It'll be something else, passion yeah. pursuers. Um, <laughs> like that, 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 that's who we want in our organization. That's yeah. what the job spec will say. Like, like come in here and swing swing to your strengths. Forget your developmental areas, yeah. which is what we classically focus on. Temba sucks at Excel, mm. let's send him on Excel training. Yeah. Ignore the fact that he's really great at visualization, right? Mm. Um, and he might be more, more better suited to, to, to doing 
business analysis than looking at lines of code. I feel like I wouldn't be doing this discussion justice if I didn't come back to this joy uh, aspect that you've, you've been bringing on. I remember a couple of years ago, I believe it was Denzel Washington and the great debaters who said, we do the things that we have to do so that we can do the things that we mm. want to do. Mm. Is this that type of thing where people are identifying that aspect or is it simply discarding the things that a person is not passionate about? Sure, it's a, it's a, that's a deep question. Um, <laughs> but I do think life is too short to spend sharpening skills on something that you don't want to do. Mm. Right? And, and, and luckily, I think the, 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 the common theme here is that people are being allowed to do less of the things that they don't want to do and focusing more on the things that they do want to do. And I think that, that's, that, that there is a valuable truth there. Yeah. Um, and the things that, absolute, that I find absolutely soul-destroying about my job are the things that somebody gets up for in the morning yeah. in a parallel universe or maybe just down the road. <laughs> now, if you could employ both of us, yeah. um, you then have two people that are excited about a full job. You leverage those in the, in, in the organization. It's about finding that passion early. But now, can I also yeah. just add on, on the joy? So what does joy actually do? So, so what we're also seeing in this beautiful world of the technology and digital is it's almost that the human is, is actually also coming alive. Mm. So joy has a direct correlation to employee engagement. Mm. Employee engagement has got a direct correlation to the bottom line. Yeah. And that has a direct correlation to the success of the business. Yeah. So if we're not interested in our people's well-being, if we're not interested in their happiness at work, if we're not interested in their joy, the business ultimately suffers. Yeah. You know, so, so I think this, the, the connection, and I, say, I think this real synergy between employee engagement and what causes these emotional contracts with an organization. It's not a written thing. It's an emotional contract that we have that induces my happiness or my joy or my complete commitment to this organization. That is what is the trigger yeah. for your business to grow and your bottom line getting healthier and healthier. With the things that both of you are saying, right, we, we've accepted the fact that whatever skills are needed today will most likely not be as valuable or will at least be positioned differently in five years' time, at the very least. And there needs to be that adaptability, the agility uh, that we're talking about. But there's also, as much as we talk about the need to do certain things, right, trying to get the message across about urgency, you know, sometimes in the business world, it can be, you know, a slow, you know, moving process. So over the COVID-19 pandemic, there have been a lot of changes, uh, things like remote work, mm. uh, you know, looking at uh, greater amounts of mm. digital transformation and investment, you know, in technology. When it comes to the skills issue that we're talking about right now, is this a slow burn or is this a fire? Ursula, just interested to get your take before. I think. I think the first thing that we're certainly saying is our language has moved from a job description or a job profile to skills, okay? And let's not forget, we're not switching off the skills that we've got today. Skills are transferable. And so the skills that I did when I waitressed 25 years ago are skills that I still am able to utilize today. So it's not an on-off switch when we talk about skills on this taxonomy of skills. It's about an evolution that we start to build on the skills that exist. We don't put them in a drawer and say goodbye, mm. okay? 
So this, this is an evolving continuum that becomes exceptionally exciting because also the skills that you require are different to the skills Tembe requires, are different to the skills I require. We might have all gone to the same school, we might have all studied the same thing, and we might all be in the same organization doing the same job. We need different things. So, so this, the, the, the construct of what skills look like and the unpacking of that, and that it's not an on-off, it's a building and a continuum, and almost like this a little bit of an underground web that starts to emerge and starts to you know, really become sophisticated over time and then starting up a new skill and, you know, so, and I think that's what we are as human beings, you know, yeah. so it's, a, it's evolving. Our skills are evolving and as long as we can build on the skills that exist today, that's important. Mm. You know, so we see some of the redundant skills that are, or that has been suggested in the World Economic Forum are accountants and lawyers and we go, are you crazy, okay? So we're not saying that the skills of an accountant and, an, and a lawyer are going to be put in a drawer and never been used again. <laughs> yeah. Those skills are being upgraded. Mm. So artificial intelligence, machine learning mm. has become a significant contributor to the existing skills that are in those very important professions. So I think that's an important sort of correlation that we've got to recognize that this, this thing of skill is actually very exciting. And as we mature as organizations and get more comfortable with what skills are required, we're going to see a lot of different things start to emerge. There's a lot that's been said and I was, <coughs> and I was seeing you nodding your head, you know, the entire time. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's, it's absolutely right. Um, I take a little bit of a different view on it as well, right? So, yeah. so and, and, and we see it, um, and, and I mean this lovingly and respectfully, with the kids that we take in, mm. right? Um, and, and, and to Ursula's point, there are some skills that are foundational, mm. right? So, so if you if you went to, to tertiary, or if you were ever in a boarding school, right? You, whether you were in fine art or medicine, you woke up in the morning, had breakfast, jumped on a bus to get to school, attended lectures on time. Yeah, those are baseline skills, mm. right? Around around self management, mm. time management, yeah. awareness. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you're sitting on the stairs socializing or working in a syndicate, you you you're teaming. And those skills, um, especially for, for emerging young talent, are, are critical. So get, getting to work on time, delivering a deliverable within a deadline, mm -hmm. those, are, those are immutable, necessary foundational skills. Yeah. They unlock your ability to then abstract upwards the, 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 the hierarchy of, of actualization in, term, in terms of the skills. It would be pointless for me to have five certs um, and know how to elicit user requirements, but I can't rock up to a team session on time. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and in this environment, and especially in the South African context, some of those base skills um, are, are not taught in a, in, a, in a traditional manner. I mean, not mm -hmm. 20 kilometers from where we're filming this, there is a township where four-year-old kids are sent to the shop carrying cash two blocks down to go buy bread. I wouldn't send my 11-year-old son <laughs> two blocks down the road with cash to go buy bread, right? Yeah. But, but, but necessity creates this, this, this kind of environment where it's assumed, because if, if we don't send the four-year-old, there's no bread. Yeah. Um, same thing with skills. If I don't go out and get those skills, I can't help lift myself out of the situation that I'm, that I'm currently living in, or I get left further behind in this, in this digital divide. 
And that's why, sorry, why the foundation, yeah. it's very important what Tim is saying, is the baseline of skill. So let's just put it into context in terms of our education system. Yeah. 30% pass mark for maths is not a good base to start with. Okay? Yeah, so, agree, yeah. so, so we also need to reimagine what does that set of baseline skills look like that are going to be fit for purpose yeah. in the now or the new world of work. And we have a lot of work to do as South Africa in that regard. Mm. Um, and businesses have become educationalists, whether we like it or not, is because there's a lot of work that we're mm. gonna have to do or that we are doing that doesn't get, you know, that doesn't necessarily always get catered for in the education system. So I think, um, you know, there, there is, a, is, a, is an opportunity around the reimagining of what the education system needs to look like as this baseline of what the, the world of work requires. Yeah. And, and I think excellence and, and their ability to, to get to that point is very, very important as well. But those base skills are key, absolutely key. I mean, go, going back to the, the program that, the, that we run, for the first three months, you have to come to the office every day. Not because it's, it's important for delivery, but it's important in terms of the discipline of getting to a place at a specific hour to do specific things. Yeah. We loosen the reins a little bit as, as, as time goes on and then eventually they go fully hybrid. But once that discipline of knowing that it takes 30 minutes for me to get from wherever I stay to the office on time, you've now built a, a different mm -hmm. set of muscle memory mm -hmm. so that when you're doing work at a client, you begin to think that way. Yeah. And you, you know, you go client is 15 minutes further than work is, mm. I need to do things 15 plan, minutes yeah. earlier and yeah. plan a little bit differently, yeah. right? And, and, and that's the kind of learning that, that, that I think the develop, developed world, if you want to call it that, can take as assumed um, at a certain level. Mm. Here, like, like Ursa said, whether you're in corporate or you're in university, a big part of what you do with your employees is teach especially young talent. And that adds um, you know, a responsibility, accountability, and a mandate to you know, over and above GP and, and, and revenue yeah. um, for, for any business. You know, when, when you're looking at acquiring skills, right, uh, to, to the point that both of you are making, as an individual, right, if I need a skill, I need to go enroll on a course, maybe go uh, you go to go to timber and then spend uh, three to six months learning what I'm learning and then I've got the skill. But as an organization, there's always the, I'm going to call it a privilege or the advantage that you can literally just hire a skill today. Like no, right you now. can't. No. I wish. You disagree with that one? Absolutely. Because the, 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 because the, the thinking, you know, then becomes, you know, do you become uh, an educator, like what you're saying, right? Or do you go out into the market or do you breed your own you The know, problem your own is talent? this machine is moving too quickly. Yeah. And the skills are not moving in line with this, this fast-moving engine. Yeah. So the reality is <laughs> we actually do not have a job shortage issue in South Africa. Yeah. We have all the jobs that are available for every single person where, where we sit now with our most, our highest ever recorded unemployment statistics. The problem we've got is not the jobs, the problem we've got is the right sets of skills for the jobs. Mm. And that's also a new mind shift that we, that we have to get comfortable with. Mm. 
So, and this is, you know, we've got to get comfortable. We've said we've got to get comfortable with this constant change. We've got to get comfortable with, I, I actually call it this perfect imperfection. We've got to get comfortable with a new way and create a new way of being and doing in terms of those fit-for-purpose skills that we need in our organizations. Yeah. And that also extends not only into the schooling system, it also goes into tertiary institutions. Mm. You know, how does the regulatory infrastructure, and in South Africa, we've got Umalusi, we've got the Council of Higher Education, we've got the CETAs, we've got QCTO, et cetera, et cetera. How do we get those regulatory bodies moving in line with an upgrade of Salesforce for example, yeah. every four months. Yeah. The regulatory system has got to move quicker so that we, when we're looking for those skills, if, if the system moved quickly, we would be able to just pick and choose and say, let's go and find that skill. Yeah. So there's this alignment with school, this alignment with tertiary institutions that starts to produce the available fit-for-purpose skills that we require. Yeah. And until such time as those elements don't deliver on that, we are not able to get the skill around the corner that we require. And I mean, we look at South Africa, we've got 5.1 US billion yeah. that the IDC report says it's going to bring into South Africa between 22 and 2026, 9.3 million new jobs, yeah. by the way, globally, and just under 32,000 new jobs in South Africa. So with this upgrade and with this, the constant changes that we're seeing on a daily basis, you know, my responsibility in terms of growing the talent in Salesforce on, on, on the African continent actually is how do we create an awareness of Salesforce of the jobs that we've got? Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a big focus on schools and universities. How do we assist partners like Blue Sky to produce these absolute super skills, specializations that are highly, highly sought after? How do we build a skill base within a customer that is absolutely sustainable on their own and, 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 and not necessarily always relying on, on, on others to keep their IP and to keep their, their engine going? We've got to upgrade the skill sets of organization or, or people in our organizations. And also, um, fortunately, we're involved in um, also looking at identifying the digital skills for South Africa, the job families, the roles, and, and, and private sector is also now starting to look at how do we impact this fast-moving machine that we're seeing with yeah. the type of um, frameworks that we require to produce the skill mm. in the speed at the time that we need. Yeah. We need the right skill at the right price mm. at the right time. Mm. So you've identified the problem as a and as an organization, you're already outlining you know some of the things uh, that you guys are possibly doing to try and you know, help yourself from that point of view. Uh, so maybe we can get a view, you know, from someone who is, you know, helping to feed the pipeline to say, um, the departments in organizations that are tasked, you know, with looking at uh, the learning, you know, aspect and uh, the skills uh, <coughs> uplift, you know, part of things, what can they be doing, you know? The, the organizations that have departments dedicated to learning and development are probably failing a little bit already. If, if this is not an organizational mandate integrated into the lifeblood of what an organization does yeah. and, 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 and how they impact their clients, um, it, it would be, I suspect it would be quite hard. We really need to start influencing this dynamic from where we are. 
right? That's no, it's no longer good enough to be saying I'm too small to train people. Or um, if I train people, all that's going to happen is that they'll, they'll be poached um, as soon as they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. done um, with, with, with our training, right? Um, so so I, I reckon that that shift needs to become an organizational mandate, yeah. right? Um, at Blue Sky, we talk about our, our four Bs, right? We, we build the people that build the teams, that build the company, that build our clients. And then you could argue that builds the country and the mm. fiscus. Yeah. Um, and, and, and everybody wins in, 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 in that chain, depending on where you look at it, right? Um, and in this binary view of, you know, making money is, 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 is evil and doing good is, is true purpose. I'm going, you can actually do both really, really well. And everybody can do that from where, from, from where they sit. Yeah. So, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a village full of greedy people, the only person that dies <laughs> Yeah. other people that share right um and and i think what we need to do is we need to turn this into a sharing village mm. so some of the crazier conversations i've had in maybe moments of frustration is is with people that are speaking to to our talent and i call them and i say hey have you ever thought about maybe we could develop a relationship where we have career paths beyond organizational borders mm. if i'm really good at creating that zero to six month talent and you're brilliant at beneficiating that into experienced and senior talent. Yeah. And I'm going to need a competent managers in a year's time. Then let's take Tabang through this journey. He goes and spends six months with you and he comes back into organization and starts turning those golden nuggets that we battle to turn into jewelry because we don't have the capacity. We don't have the robust mm -hmm. management <laughs> development <laughs> programs that, that some of our, our, bigger, uh, our, our bigger firms have. Mm -hmm. Um, they come back into the organization and then turn the six people who've just pulled in into even greater than what they were when they came in. This thing begins to, to, to gain momentum yeah. and everybody wins. Um, I, I, I do think we, we have some way to go towards um, developing a, a truly holistic, systemic perspective on, 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 on how we can satisfy this demand. Because like Ursula said, uh, we know there's, there's plenty of work out there. Yeah. We just not doing enough to create the talent to fill those roles. Mm. And 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 whatever that whatever perspective we have that's blocking us from from doing that, we need to quickly move that person out of the way. Yeah. Um, or that thing out of the way and, and, and get to the business of, of doing good business. And building on that, like it's not the people in the organization that are responsible for the learning. Mm. Okay? There might be an HR, there might be a talent, there might be a learning and development department. Learning is every single person's responsibility. Every single person, whether you've just walked in the door or you've been there for 50 years, is responsible for learning. And we've also, you know, we make the assumption that organizations have a workplace readiness element to it. You know, it's like, you know, there's lots of work that happens theoretically or, you know, in a classroom. And the moment we sort of put them into the organization or into the, the business unit, we assume that there's a perfect utopia for a learning environment for these individuals to go and create the success and the legitimate work experience that they require. Yeah. And it's not there. Yeah. I think that's where we've gone wrong. And so when we are building and we're starting to realign and reaffirm this mindset that we require, the same effort that we need to put into the curriculums of what those fit for purpose digital skills need to look like 
is the same effort we need to work on the different environments of the organizations our people go into. And that in itself is a mind shift. That in itself is a new, a new thinking of how we actually grow skill. And what we've seen in the world of learning and development, in the past, learning was the responsibility of the organization. So they developed us. They said, you grow this, you, you know, do that course, do that, and you will, you know, you're going to be fine. Organizations' roles are no longer that. The role of an organization is to create an environment that learning is, or, or the ability to learn is conducive. Now looking or getting into the shoes of a person, mm who is actually getting upskilled, right? What does that do for them, you know? Um, especially someone who's in an existing role, not necessarily uh, someone who's working towards getting into the workforce, but someone who's already in it, and you know, you come in and upskill them. What does that do for them? I think that's what one of the most beautiful things are about Salesforce, is first and foremost, everybody is welcome. That means entry level, I have no experience, and I've just left university or I've left school or whatever the case might be, yeah. or I've been working for 20 years and I want a career change, whether I've been in hospitality or whether I've been in IT or whether I've been in manufacturing. Mm. Okay, Everybody's welcome. So what's important about what Salesforce offers for the individual is first and foremost, there's something called Trailhead which is the most incredible learning platform, which is available to us for free. Mm. So it's not like everybody has to go and spend exorbitant amount of money to go and develop fit for purpose skills. I can be in an existing job and I could say, I'm interested in this thing called Salesforce. What can I do? We have something called Salesforce Fundamentals, which is really a big overview where we offer different, you know, sort of, you can book on to a public sort of um, uh, event, a live lecture where we're introducing Salesforce, or your organization can have the resources and teach Salesforce fundamentals themselves. In fact, it's been developed in such a way that we can give Salesforce fundamentals to somebody that can go and learn or teach it under a tree. You then obviously will pay for your certifications, but the point is access is possible. We've also now introduced what we call an associate credential, which is um, we've got beautiful building blocks is what I'm basically saying. So anybody that doesn't have a Salesforce anything, we've got learning journeys and we've got that infrastructure that enables, irrespective of where you start, there is a path for you and you can come in. So if you are a full stack developer and you say, mm, let's have a look at this page of Salesforce, there's a space for you, and there's a way that we can obviously get you now orientated into Salesforce. Yeah. If you are an expert in a particular industry, there's a way that we can get you, you know, inclined to what is required, whether you're a business analyst or a developer, in in a, a particular wearing an industry hat from a from a sales point, mm. of a Salesforce perspective. Mm. But what we have learned around the individual is access to data and access to devices. Yeah is really where it starts. Yeah. And when we look at our current climate, um, and you've got to say, you know, um, money for data or, you know, food in my stomach, <laughs> I'm going to go for food in my tummy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we've also got to get our heads around of, you know, how we, how we open access to data and to devices, because 
We have massive open online courses, which we call MOOCs. We've got Trailhead. Yeah. You've got the most unbelievable resources available to us online for free. Okay? So when we bring it down to the common denominator of the individual and the, the, the South African individual, we need to start to really, really think about what are the kind of you know, resources we give and we make available for them so that when we open this door of technology, of digital yeah. and access, that people are able to now get on board and run with it. Yeah. But until we start to do that, and that's, that's another opportunity of where we can come together with organizations from a creativity and from an innovation point of view, how do we solve this problem together and, and I also, I'm certainly seeing a different type of collaboration starting to happen between Salesforce and partners, Salesforce and, and customers. It's, we're coming together and we're saying, okay, let's put the person at the center of what we're doing. Let's put jobs at the center of what we're doing. Yeah. Let's put digital transformation and reinventing organizations or improving businesses at the center of what we're doing. And how do we each put skin in the game to create a different type of magic? Yep. You know, And we're starting to see that, that shift start to happen. Mm -hmm. But we can't say the the, solve the data problem or the laptop problem without a collective thought process yeah. around that. Yeah, definitely a collective process is needed, you know, bringing uh, different stakeholders together to work you know, towards achieve, uh, actually solving for that, you know, big problem uh, that's there. Uh, but Timber, I want to hear from you, same aspect about the individual, yeah. but more from the fact that you guys are probably getting in, you know, a lot of people, you know, through your pipeline. Um, can you talk to us about what, you know, that skills uplift does in terms of actually um, bringing, you know, more people you know, mm -hmm. into the economy that would traditionally have been left behind. Your, your question is, 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 is an awesome one, right? Um, because it's nuanced. What does it do to the person, right? And, and the first thing, bringing somebody in, providing them with a space to develop, right, does, is you make them feel seen, right? So, so you look at some of the talent that, 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 that joins, that joins um, Blue Sky, these are kids that have been shooting in the gym for a year or two, and no team has picked them up. Yeah. No agent has called, nobody's promising them a paycheck, they're not in any league, right? I mean, if this was sports, they would be the weekend warriors who are <laughs> literally out there playing, playing, playing for the love of the game. Yeah. But the stakes are high, right? Because every day spent without a job is a, is a day you don't have money. So the first thing I see when somebody makes it Onto, onto our program is this relief that somebody has seen me, mm -hmm. right? I'm, 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 I'm a person and somebody recognizes that I have capacity for greatness and they respond to that opportunity in the most amazing ways. Yeah. And, and, and you, get, you get almost immediate traction. I haven't seen, I haven't seen entitlement since, you know, in the, in the last three years, right? Mm -hmm. Because people are genuinely grateful about the opportunity that they have. Yeah. They accept it with, with, a, with a humility that's, mm -hmm. that's awe-inspiring. Um, and then it's about now, how do you accelerate this, this, this context for them? Um, I mean, there's programs in, in South Africa where as soon as you sign up, you get a device um, and you get zero-rated data and you're, you're, you're A for away. But that first door opening, mm -hmm. um, that 
I, I see you, and I mean, I think in pretty much every African language, if you say it in that language, I see you means I see the whole person. Yeah. It's not just a visual thing. It's yeah. like I see, I see you for who you are mm -hmm. and what you're capable of, and I see success. And, yeah. and that, for me, is, is, is what, what these programs unlocks. And then the fact that Salesforce makes it easy for you to then continue on that journey mm -hmm. um, makes, it, makes it even better. In economics, we talk, uh, we talk about, uh, there's, a, there's a Latin term uh, that's used, ceteris paribus, you know, all things, you know, being equal. And uh, it's an imagined reality to say, you know, with this set of factors. So let's get the, our base assumptions and say that the access is there. You've got an organization that's built, um, you know, that uh, culture of learning and upskilling, you know, into their DNA and all of that you've got those base assumptions, they still have to do the work of actually getting their people excited about, you know, upskilling themselves. Because Temba spoke earlier on about uh, the fact that you might find yourself in an organization where um, you have uh, uh, maybe uh, older people, you know, being in the same organization with young people, and you have, you know, some of those divides, and you have older people saying, guys, I got a degree, why do I still, why do I still need to do this stuff? You know, so how do you engender, you know, that because this culture around pivoting, this culture around constant change is something that organizations have to deal with, but you also have to deal, do the work of making your, your people actually, yeah. you know, excited about that. You've hit the nail on the head from a, from a learning culture perspective, because what we also need to appreciate um, is that one size does not fit all. And, and when we say that learning organizations have to provide an environment that is conducive to evoking the joy, to evoking excitement in the skills that I'm wanting to learn, to producing new leaders that need to function in that space, um, creating the relevancy of the skill sets that we, that we, that we need to see, yeah. they, you know, that, that goes down to this new relationship of what le learning has become in this, it's come into the same breath as, as the new world of work or the now world of work. Yeah. And that's why I say moving from learning as events to learning as breathing, learning in our everyday. Learning is not, you can have the richest learning experience at the coffee machine. Yeah. So it's a, this new orientation and, and the leaders of organizations need to encourage that. You know, they've got to give people time to learn. They've got to, you know, you've got to create spaces for learning. You, you know, create learning hours, lunch and learn, you know. Talk about vulnerability, to, you know, because learning is failure as well, you know, guys. This is what we did and really messed up here. And let's, let's start to, to really encourage people to, to have that level of engagement in a learning environment that ultimately produces the results that we want to see in terms of a successful business. But no size fits all, and that's why talent is complex, yeah. and the world of work is complex today. It's complex, but not complicated, right? Um, and and, and, and that's, that's, that's what I think we need to make peace with. Yeah. It's not easy peasy mm. by, by any means, but, but if you apply yourself, you can, you can, you can, you can figure it out. And the, re the reason why I smiled when, when Ursula spoke about, you know, your greatest learning experience of the day can come at the coffee machine. First day at Blue Sky, rookie, right, walks up to the machine, right? 
press Americano, put my Americano cup there, and this thing goes. <laughs> and Sis Nelly, who's the, the, the lady who takes care of us in the office, goes, yo, Butemba. And then she like presses six buttons, and all of a sudden, this thing comes down, and <laughs> the lights are green again, right? And then she proceeded to go, when you, make an, an, when you want to make an Americano, you press this button, this button, this button, this button, in sequence. HR, IT exec, right? Yeah. Couple of degrees being shown how to use technology carefully and mindfully by somebody who realizes that I'm gonna embarrass myself if I don't get this right. Yeah. And, and I think that that's where we are, right? If, if we accept that we don't know anything, oh sorry, don't know everything, and learning can come from the most unlikely places mm. and unlikely people, we'll be fine. And, and that's, that's the mindset, right? If you are, you know, and I, I talk to my 10-year-old, like everybody likes a smart person, but nobody likes a smart <laughs> A-word, right? Yeah. Um, that, that there's, there's a distinct difference. And, 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 and humility and acceptance is, 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 is big. And that's what we try to infuse the people that join our organization with. Open up yourself to the fact that you don't know everything and you're going to learn from some unlikely teachers mm. and, and you'll be okay. Mm. Um, whether you, you know, uh, think it's, it's Linda Saunders who hands out mm. trailhead little cards to every single Uber driver she, she, she bumps into mm. because you can do trailheads whilst you're waiting for your next pickup to the airport yep. mm. on your device mm. because you have it, you're running Uber on it, right? Already, mm. you have access. Um, and, and for me, like that, 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 that practical stuff um, is, 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 is important. So I think that openness, like you, the, the, the work is crowbarring the mind open to saying, hey, there's, there's space for more in there. Yeah. How do you know, people and, and uh, people in organizations make the case to become uh, you know, learning organizations to make uh, these investments in learning? Three things. Uh, a, a wise woman I used to work with yeah. used to say that, learning is the new earning, mm. right? Mm. Critical. If you aren't learning as an organization and as, as a team, as an, as an individual, mm. you're probably not hitting your targets. Yeah. Number two, if you're not learning, you're going backwards mm. because information, markets, skills move forwards. They're not static. Yeah. Right? And the third thing for me is that the organization will go as the leadership does. So you can't get a meeting with me between four and five on any day yeah. because it's proudly booked out as learning time. learning time. Now, if you want to meet me between four and five, you better be talking to me about something that's more important than me sharpening my sword yeah. or burnishing my shield. Yeah. And that's, that's often a difficult value proposition to me. Right? Yeah. But, but I'm unashamed about the fact that I've booked time. And a lot of people you know, who maybe aren't at the same level that I am in the organization. I go, but how do you book, how do you do that? And I'm like, in Outlook, you schedule a meeting and you just call, you just, you just do it and you book, and it's recurring forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, l l learn and earn, mm. right? <laughs> you, you, the, there's no, nothing static, mm. you need to keep moving. You, you have to become a shark. Sharks yeah. die when they stop moving. Yeah. And then the third thing, that if you are at any level of influence, right, whether you have a million followers or TikTok, or you're an executive in an organization, model the behavior you want to see. And learning has to be one of them. All right. I like the learning as earning. 
And I think that's a good place for us uh, to end uh, today's discussion. It's really been rich um, with a lot of experience that uh, the both of you are bringing to the table, and especially um, looking at the evolution of the space and how you know the skill space has evolved over time and has evolved with technology. How are we thinking about your technical skills versus your soft skills and how do you balance the two? Mm. And also at the same time, looking at how you know both of you are advocating to say that organizations do need to have uh, that mindset shift. And the mindset shift, instead of looking at it as something that's airy-fairy or nice to have, rather look at it, look at it as something that's directly um, going to impact your bottom line because yeah, this thing is needed for survival. So that brings us to the end. But before we let you guys both go, very quickly, I'm going to ask both of you to be brief um, on this one. Uh, we have a tradition here on uh, Tech Force Africa and uh, where we ask, you know, our last question to each of you is, what is uh, the best and worst um, career advice uh, that you've ever had? I shouldn't go first. Thanks. Um, I think the the worst um, career advice um, I think anyone could be given, or certainly are, you know, is when you are labelled as something, or you you know you can't do something, or you can't sell, or you can't project manage, or whatever the case. It's like when you take that as life into you because somebody has labelled you as something or not being able to do something, that's very dangerous, you know. So um, be careful of, um, you know, what you, what you take into consideration or what you take to heart because that can certainly lead you down the wrong end, um, you know, and because we can easily be influenced by people's words. So, so be very cognizant of what people speak into you yeah. and whether it's life or whether it's death. Um, and the best advice um, is I was given, uh, I walked into a room once and I was, the CEO was sitting there and he leaned back with his hands behind his ears and he said to me, he said, you know, Ursh, if you want to be the CEO, you can be the CEO. And he spoke life into me and those words changed the, the trajectory of my life and my career. Um, and, you know, so words are very powerful. Yeah. They can either kill us or they can really, really uplift us. Worst career advice, shut up. Best career advice, show up. I like that. Short, sweet, straight to the point. I like that. So words is life and then uh, show up and shut up. So thank you so much, Ursula. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Timba, uh, for being with us today. So thank you so much for watching this edition of uh, Tech Force Africa. Really important, uh, just understanding um, some of the issues around uh, people, just uh, uh, around skills and how technology is actually helping uh, to actually increase some of that. And also, you know, looking at how do we uh, face the skills gap for today and prepare ourselves uh, for what's going to happen in future. What's really important that's come out from today is the fact that you need to move, we need to move away away from you know looking at you know some of the hard skills of today but looking at how do you deal um, with the uncertainty of the future because uh, the skill set of today will likely be either uh, differently valued or positioned in a different way um, at some point in that future and uh, this was a great discussion illuminating how we can go about doing that and how organizations uh, can get ahead of that particular trend 
This was Tech Force Africa. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave us a star rating and a review. See you next time.